We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sean, let's bring up a lot of mailbag questions. I'm just making sure we didn't have any super chats because I want to kick those to the top of the conversation we did. Do not see it. So just had from Rob Osgood who said comments. I love the way the staff is attacking the recruiting trail, looking at the now 2024 guys, but yet planning for the future. What else, in your opinion, can they do that they haven't done yet? So, Sean, obviously this is talking about, you know, Rob's kind of talking about that they're, extending offers to 2025 kids. They're adding mm-hmm. to the board to make sure that they have options on the board. I mean, Rob, I don't know if I would say they could really do anything else other than continue doing what they're doing, right? Like you need to keep visiting new players, keep the conversations with those kids, expand the board. And people think that expanding the board, and I don't know if you agree with this, Sean, but like I kind of, from an outside perspective, I look at the board, I look at Twitter sometimes. People think that when recruit like when recruiters and coaches expand the board it's a bad thing i don't think it's a bad thing because they assume they expanded the board because they're missing on some guys and sometimes that's true right sometimes it is but then other times there's a little bit of foresight to putting out more offers building your board making sure you have options on the board because what if you're in a situation where you were high on a player at one point you got you extended an offer to a three-star player let's say And then they blow up and they're actually better Mm -hmm. with your development than the player that you were high on before, like establishing a board to be able to pick and, and kind of understand the development of certain players, I think is huge, man. So I don't think, I just don't think expanding boards is a negative. And I know Rob's not saying this, obviously I'm just thinking out loud. I think it's more having foresight to how you recruit. It's what I think Notre Dame is doing a very good job of so far in this cycle. And it gives you the opportunity to be available or have access to young men in comparison to other teams if circumstances happen, right? Coaches leave certain programs. And a kid right before signing day, man, I'm no longer committed to the coach that I thought was going to be there. So now my recruitment is open again. Yep. Guess who's going to have the best shot with limited time? the coaching staffs and schools that have a previous relationship that got in on him early 
those are going to be the main ones that get the visit or two that he has left to make a decision. And I think we saw recently in the 23 class, there was a pass, an edge player that decommitted from Northwestern, and his relationship was with the Penn State staff. And Notre Dame was trying to get him to take a visit, and they didn't have that relationship. So Penn State got the visit and ultimately got the commitment. So that's why you expand the board because you never know how recruiting is going to go. You just never know how the balls are going to fall in recruitment because you're dealing with teenagers. So, and then, like I said, you know, you get coaches leaving, guys reopen their commitments that you were talking to earlier. You realize you still have spots left. There's still a need in the class. And that's why you do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And so I don't know if there's anything I would necessarily change, Rob. I would just say that, you know, you have to continue to learn also, right? And I think mm-hmm. that expanding the board again is important to that. You know, Notre Dame had a couple of decommitments in 2023. So continuing to recruit good football players. So you have those relationships to what Sean's saying, right? Like the kid that did decommitted from Northwestern, he already had that relationship with Penn State. Like that's a part of the reason, right? So I think continuing to develop those relationships is never a bad thing. Never a bad thing, in my opinion. Sean, we have one that I'm going to kick to you in a second. It's I sell one for 2K. Okay. Would you would this be recruitment we should give time once he commits or is he locked in 100%? This is back to our conversation beginning this podcast about Justin Scott, who is uh, picking between Notre Dame and a bevy of other schools. So basically the question is here, Sean, is do you think that Justin Scott's 100% locked in or uh, – or that's how I'm taking it, right? Is that is he 100% locked in when he makes his commitment? I think any kid, when they make an initial commitment, I think Keon Keeley was 100% locked in when he made his commitment. He was an early commit. He was a three-star. I think he was he couldn't forecast that he would move up the charts like that or move up the rankings like that, and that other schools like Alabama would come at him over the summer. That wasn't something that he forecasted. 
you know, because he hadn't played. He wasn't playing games. So anytime you have a commit like this, make a decision, I think that 100% commit. You know, just over time, you always have time to think about. It's a long way to National Signing Day from right now. So I would venture to say knowing the young man, he'll he's going to show Notre Dame fans or whatever fan base he chooses to be a part of when he makes his decision. He's going to show in his actions how committed he is to the program. You know, so and, and just so Ryan, you stepped away. I was just saying, mm-hmm. look, I think the majority of these kids are one hundred percent committed when they make their decision initially. Yep. You know, and if you make an early decision, you have time, and time leads to different thoughts, and it leads opportunity for other programs to continue to make their recruiting pitch. And over time, you know. Young men, they can change their mind. But you can't tell me Keon Keeley wasn't 100% locked in when he initially committed as a three-star. No. Because he couldn't – he didn't know that he was about to fly up the rankings. He didn't know what was about to happen. And based upon what happened, the people around him chose to take advantage. Things changed around him. Of of how things had changed. So, you know, that's – that's the difficulty. But like I pointed out earlier, the, the the contrast between the people around Keon Keeley, and this is no shade, but just the contrast. Oh, it could be shade. The, the contrast of the people around Keon Keeley versus the people around Justin Scott is like night day. Yes. Yes. Man, it's a shame. It's still a shame because, you know, Keon had to do what Keon had to do, and I respect him for it, right? But, man, I've really, I still wish he was at Notre Dame because he's just such a good kid. Like, really you, can't, nice. you can't even be mad at him. No, I'm not, I'm not mad at, I was never mad at yeah. Keon Keeley. I was never mad at him, man. Like, because at the end of the day, man, I'm reporting on what these kids are deciding, right? This isn't my life. It's their life. They're, they're entitled to do whatever they want. I selfishly wanted Keon on the part of the team, not only because he's a really good football player, but I've had yeah. the chance to talk to him, right? And he's mm-hmm. a really, really good kid. I like him a lot. I would have loved his personality to be a part of Notre Dame more than yeah. like even more than what he does on the football field. And then plus I would have liked him as a football player too, because he's a great player, right? Like, but just all aroundness, I think, would have been a great fit at Notre Dame. But he's gonna be a great player in Alabama. So this is what it is at this point. Next question we have from Nick Lane. He had a bunch of questions he popped in, Sean. We'll try to answer as many from him as possible. Okay. We said, mailbag, how are we doing with Ryan Wingo and Jerem, um, Sorry, and Jalen McLean, who is a defensive back out of New Jersey? You, Excuse I'll, me. I'll let you bring up, you know, hit, the, uh, hit me in. I'll get on base right here. You knock me in. Sounds good. I think they sit really good because of relationships, right? In my opinion, the 24 class might have just as strong as a bond as the 23 class when it comes to, like, the relationship between the commits and how they move. Like, it's it's pretty strong. And they have their quarterback. They have their wide receiver. And I think they're about to get the defensive leader, in my opinion. Not that they don't have other defenders in the class, but I think they have the defensive leader and they have their mouthpiece and Carson Hobbs. So that's going to keep everybody light. So 
the, the culture and the overall presence of the class is going to be very similar, if not greater, than the 23 class. Now, look, Ryan Wingo, yo, that's a battle to the end. Like, down to the end. Like, everybody's on him. Everyone is on him. And it literally as, as they say, should be. As they should look, be. Yeah. I said this last year. Like, there's no way I would have a son of mine that's a big time recruited wide receiver. I don't want to hear what you have to say over the summer. I want to see the first four weeks of the season. Like, I yeah. want to I want to watch your offense. Because you can tell me everything you want to. You can prepare practices. If you know I'm coming to visit, you can prepare a practice to wow me. Right. You can set it up. But that game tape, it's not going to lie. That That's not lying. And that's just my opinion. But with both of these guys, I think late summer into the fall is probably um, where decisions are coming. You know, they're St. Louis guys. I mean, I think it will probably be very similar to Jeremiah Love. It's gonna, man, it's going to be hotly contested. Hotly yes. contested. And a lot of a lot of reports out there, a lot of false reports. <laughs> There's going to be a lot surrounding both of these kids. I don't think they both end up at the same school, though. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that. It, it, it's going to be really interesting, specifically with Ryan Wingo, because I know everyone just is a foregone conclusion. I see it on the board all the time, Sean. We're like, hey, he's not ending up in Notre Dame. It's like, all right, let's see how it plays out, man. Because. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, he has a great relationship with with Jeremiah Love for one. He knows Cam Williams pretty well as well. Like they they know each other, man. He knows Christian Gray really well, also the St. Louis guys, right? I'm here to tell you, folks. I'm not going to predict that he, Ryan Wingo ends up in Notre Dame's class. I'm not going to do that because anything could happen, right? But does Notre Dame have a legit chance with Ryan Wingo? Absolutely. I yeah, agree. they do. They do. Because everyone that assumes, you know, everyone just has this assumption that he's a high, highly regarded wide receiver. He wants NIL money. That's, that's what people think. That's what people think. But it's not always the case, right? Braylon James, Jaden Greathouse, you know, they were – Jaden Greathouse is one of the more accoladed wide receivers coming out of high school football in several years, Right. You know, three state championships was like fifty-three and one at one point in his high school career before the final loss as a starter. He had four thousand over four thousand receiving yards, was being offered NIL money, decided to come up and play at Notre Dame. Braylon James getting offered NIL money, high academic kid from the state of Texas. His sister also goes to UT, by the way, mm-hmm. decides to come up to Notre Dame. Not all wide receivers are the same. Can we stop profiling everybody to be the same guy, right? We stop profiling everyone to be the same guy. So Notre Dame does have a shot there. He does. It, will it happen? We'll see. But the Notre the St. Louis ties are important. Ryan Wingo keeps coming back to Notre Dame. That's also important. He's been there multiple times, not just once or twice. Been there like three or four times already. He even took a trip back during the season because – or I'm sorry, during this um, during this offseason, because he just wants to see it again, right? Like he just wants to see it. So there's there's real possibility. I believe we're talking about Jalen McClain here. I believe. Unless unless okay. he met Jeremiah McClellan. I'm I was not thinking sure. McClellan. I was thinking he, McClellan. He okay. may have met McClellan. I don't know. 
So Jalen McLean's on the board. He's a safety from New Jersey that the staff was just out to see last week. That one's too early to tell. I think they're still filling it out. I don't know if he's a take in Notre Dame. Like, I don't know any of those things right now. Jeremiah McClellan, though, for talking about Jeremiah McClellan, Sean, to your point, relationships matter. Jeremiah loves teammate. It's a really good relationship with him. I know he's got a relationship with with, uh, with uh, Christian Gray as well. Like, they have relationships together, right? They're jaw back and forth when they play. Notre Dame absolutely has a chance with Jeremiah McClellan. Absolutely. So, I think that they have a shot with absolutely with Ryan Winkle. I think they have absolutely a shot with Jeremiah McClellan. Jalen McClain, if that was what Nick was asking, I'm not sure. Not sure yet. Just not. We'll keep you updated. Go boardsidersbreakdown.com and when I get an update on him, get an update on him. So, yeah. great question though, Nick. I know you had a bunch here. I'm going to roll through as many as possible. We want to spread the wealth a little bit. Sean, we had Rob Osgood uh, that said, guys, do you feel an avalanche is coming in recruiting? In my opinion, I can feel it building up. You feel an avalanche, Sean? Hey, man, I, I we I think we predicted that. Like, especially once it gets to spring ball and the spring visits start happening. Yeah, it's going to be an avalanche probably from April through July. You know, just commitment after commitment after commitment. Hey, honestly, in the next 30 days, half the class could be filled. It's a possibility. <laughs> not likely, though. Not likely. Yeah. Not likely, but I'm just saying it's a possibility. I'm, I'm just saying there are. Yeah. They're sitting in really good position with like four to five guys that if they wanted to pull the trigger, I would feel really good about the pick being Notre Dame. Right. So they're sitting at seven now. Yes. With the projection of 23. Mm-hmm. That's that's only four. Heck, that's only four. Another four commits. Yeah, I mean, there's a possibility too that the numbers change. Obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, Sean, I wouldn't be shocked if this number ends up exceeding what 2024, what 2023 was as far as the number, just because you ended up with 24. Mm-hmm. You thought you were going to get to like 27, 26, mm-hmm. 27. So there's a couple spots here, right? There is so. We'll see. We'll see. Ultimately, though, I mean, yes, Rob, I think there's an avalanche coming. If you get a guy like a, if you get a guy like a Justin Scott re- soon here, on the thirty first, you get him. That's a five star defensive lineman that you can look at for Notre Dame and be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> got him. You got CJ Carr. Got Cam Williams. You got three elite players in twenty twenty four already. Who does want to be a part of that, right? And then you're in a good spot with guys like." Jacob and Jared Smith out of out of you know out of um, out of Massachusetts or yeah you're in good spots with other very talented football players. A couple of wide receivers you're in a good spot with. I mean, there's a lot of players that you feel good about your chances with. To your point, Sean T.J. Lindsey's a guy that's high on Notre Dame. I, I know he's not in decision making mode down in the state of Arkansas, but you have Bryce Young who's in a good situation with Notre Dame right now. Like. Notre Dame's going to be in a good spot, man. They're going to be in a good spot. So just be patient with it. But, Rob, to your question, yes, I think an avalanche is coming. Absolutely do. No doubt. All right, Sean, we had a question from TB12 for Heisman. Mailbag, who would be in your real dream realistic wide receiver hole for Notre Dame and who makes up the most realistic wide receiver class? All right, Sean, let's say there's four spots at wide receiver in 2024. You can only have four wide receivers on the board for Notre Dame. 
Let's go one by one here. Ready? Okay. I'll name a guy and you, you, you can say the same guy or you can go out of order. Like it doesn't matter. Right. I'll, I'll start with a, with which would be, we'll say this is a dream class for Notre Dame, but has to have some realism and tied into it. Right. Like I can't just say like Jeremiah Smith, right? Like that's not going to happen. He's committed to Ohio state. Like it's not going to happen. Ryan Wingo is number one for me. You, sir? Emmett Mosley. Emmett Mosley, okay. All right, so you got Emmett Mosley. I'll take Brian Wingo. Wide receiver, I mean, Cam Williams is in that class, right? So that's right. wide receiver two. I, I said, I'll i say that that's wide receiver two for both of us. He's already in the class, and he's an elite football player. Yeah. For me, I would probably go with Jeremiah McClellan as number three for me. Okay. I'll go Bradell Richardson. Bradell's a good one. Bradell's yeah. a good one. He gives he gives you that big body. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. Sean, this one might be surprising for a little bit, a little bit, man. But you know a guy that I really like a lot, who's a little bit who's realistic, but also mm-hmm. brings a dynamic. Because right now I'm looking at the board that I've put together so far. I have Ryan Wingo, who's a big, physical, explosive outside receiver. Right. I put on there a Jeremiah McClellan, who's a little bit more of an outside receiver, can play in the slot a little bit, but he's a longer strider type of player. Right. And then, and then I had Cam Williams, who can do both of those things, and he kind of has that length as well. Right. I'm going to go with a little bit of a player that brings a speed element and maybe a little bit more flexibility for as a, as a high-end route runner. Josiah Brown out of the state Ooh. of New York, who nice. is a track kid who can run, man. Yeah. He can yeah. run. And uh, this one goes out to my boy Malik Zaire, who loves this kid. As he <laughs> plays against him, Jason Robinson. Jason's good, man. He's a good yeah. player. Yeah. yeah. And that one, and that one honestly is is people are gonna say he's committed to USC. Folks, I, I just tell you, every time I talk to Jason Robinson and his family. They have interest in Notre Dame. They they steadily do, man. They're letting that thing whole play out. So I wouldn't say that he's off the table, right? I, I saw uh, Nathan Urbach. What's up, Nathan? Put Micah Hudson in his four. Uh, I just don't. Uh, it's not realistic, Nathan. No offense. <laughs> it's just not. It's, it's not. I mean, I would love Micah Hudson to be here, right? Like, he might be Odell Beckham Jr. reincarnate. Like, he's fantastic. But not really realistic at all. So, Sean, let's do like the most realistic class. Because again, I I don't I think that mine's pretty realistic. So I'm gonna say this again, right? Cam Williams is in the class. Josiah Brown, I think, is very realistic for Notre Dame. I think Jeremiah Clellan is very realistic class. The the one the number four is that I do think that Ryan Wingo is realistic. Like, do you think that you have a similar realist? Like, do you think Ryan Wingo is realistic? I guess is my question. Oh, without question. Without question, it's very realistic. Mm-hmm. Anyone that thinks otherwise is just not paying attention. And us saying that it's and us saying that he's realistic is not us saying that he will be in the class, right? Like it's just that they're in the conversation is the whole point. But there's other players that are on the board, Sean, that are very talented. Like I think if you like Ryan Winko's game. Jalen Hornsby out of New Jersey has a similar game. Obviously, he's not quite to the status of a Ryan Winkle, obviously, but he's got a similar type of game. Emmett Mosley's a kid that you mentioned that's more of a physical slot type, can do a little bit of everything, right? Brudel Richardson's a kid that you also mentioned that is a big boundary receiver that uses his size and his length incredibly well. So there's a lot of 
Very talented receivers on the board, Sean. Yep. Let us now go to – let's knock this one out since we're talking about wide receivers. Nick Lane just asked, is Mylon Graham – how are we doing with him and him being in state? So in state wide receiver, Mylon Graham, it's been considered a lean to Ohio State for a long time. I just don't think it's realistic, Nick. I mean, I don't. I, I think Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame likes Mylon Graham a ton, but I just don't think that he's incredibly realistic right now. So I, I, I wouldn't have him at the top of the list for Notre Dame as true possibilities. Yeah. Going to. Going to go to 99 problems with BK81. Sean, he said, mailbag, if Justin Scott were to commit to Notre Dame, how does his commitment affect other top recruits? Does it help Notre Dame with guys like Ryan Wingo, Darius Hayes, Eliza Rushing, Mike Matthews? Would the momentum of a five-star commitment help overall? Your thoughts, Sean, on how much it would help? That was interesting because uh, defensive linemen aren't really on the circuit, 707 circuit. So it's a different vibe when you get the quarterback, wide receiver, running back connection and recruiting where guys see where the quarterback is going. They want to play with him and so on and so forth. But I do think getting a five-star player who is currently ranked in the top 30, depending upon the publication or the ranking source, is huge for Notre Dame in a multiplicity of ways, right? it changes the narrative, number one. And because remember, Keon Keeler wasn't a five star when he committed. He wasn't. And I think Peyton Bowen at the time was like a four that worked himself into a five. Yeah, he was he was like a top like seventy-five-ish type yeah. of player, Peyton, yeah. and then he worked his way up to then he worked his way up. Yeah. yeah. Justin Scott was a five star this this time last year. Mm-hmm. That's when he became a five-star. So I think it would be huge in multiple yep. ways. I do, I do think people will pay attention. I think defensive players will pay attention, and it will get the attention of oh, – because these guys know each other, yes. right? These guys know about each other. There's more access now. Like when you were in high school – well, no. I, the internet was up when you were in high school, right? You're not as old. Not as, not as much, though, man. We still had dial-up when I was in high school, all right? So it okay, wasn't well, as accessible. And, <laughs> and when I was in high school, it was strictly the guy you saw in the newspaper. Like, oh, he yeah. can play? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah, they know about Justin Scott. Everybody around the nation knows who Justin Scott is. And I'm sure they've watched his film, especially the big-time recruits. So it means something. It absolutely means something. I, I think for me, and I, I mentioned this earlier in the show, but I think that recruiting has pillars to a class, right? CJ Carr is a pillar. Like that's mm-hmm. a five-star potential quarterback. That's a pillar, man. Yeah, you can yeah. build off of that. That's yeah. what you build your building with. Then you have Cam Williams, who you took, similarly to what you're talking about, Sean, he was considered like a – 100 to 110 ish, somewhere in that ballpark, as a wide receiver, Cam Williams, when he first commits to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But then he has his junior year and he blows up and he's a top 20 player now. I think he's number 20 player on either 247 or on three. I forget which one. So he's like a borderline five star recruit for one service at this point. That's a pillar. And Cam talks a great game, man. He's a great recruiter. So all those together, that's a pillar in your class. Defensively, you have two. Very good football players committed in the class right now, but you don't have a pillar. 
Justin Scott's a pillar. That's the mm-hmm. guy you look at and say, wow, they got that guy? You get, They got him? And for some guys, I think that will matter, right? I think it will matter more for like – you're talking about Ryan Wingo, for instance, right? Ryan Wingo's a localish player, right? He's a Midwest kid. Yeah. He looks like – he knows who Justin Scott is. Heck, yeah, he knows who Justin Scott is. Darius Hayes might know who Justin Scott is, but he's a Florida kid, right? Yeah. That one won't yeah. matter as much to him. Elijah Rushing is from Arizona. That might not matter as much for him. Mike Matthews is a Georgia kid. That might not matter as much for him. But for some players, it will matter tremendously. Like Ryan Wingo knows who Justin Scott is, right? The other kids in Chicago know who Justin Scott is. The kids in Ohio know who Justin Scott is. The kids in Michigan know who Justin Scott is. The the kids in the area, I think, will more be drawn to it. Because they know who that guy is, right? They know who they they know who Justin Scott is. All the other players, they can look at the profile and do all that type of stuff. But we know recruiting is so built off of relationships, man. Yeah. I mean, Sean, who um, who's been one of the biggest players in the getting Justin Scott to, to South Bend thing outside of the coaches? It's been Cam Williams. Cam like, Williams, because he knows because he knows him. He knows Justin personally. Like yeah. he knows him. If, if Notre Dame decides to push for Marquis Lightfoot, Cam Williams is going to be involved in that recruitment. Like, that's just point blank to it, right? Like, that's how relationships are built. Darian Dupree. All these just name the exactly. names. Yes, they know each matters. other, man. Yes. They know each other. You don't think it matters. I'm beyond, like, f- f- folks, you don't think that right? You don't think that it matters that Notre Dame just signed Christian Gray and Jeremiah Love in the 2023 class to Ryan Wingo? You don't think that matters? I know it matters because I know those guys talk a lot. It matters. Does it mean that's where he's going? It's not what it means. But it does mean that it matters. It helps. That relationship is a thing. So I think that if you get Justin Scott, he's a pillar to your class. And it helps you from perception nationally with guys like Darius Hayes, Elijah Rushing. Still unlikely that you get a guy like Elijah Rushing. But it is... It's it's a big deal. It's a very big deal for Notre Dame. And Notre Dame hasn't recruited Chicago as much as they probably ha- should have over the last few years. You got to keep the elite players in Chicago at home, man. You just got to. Can't let them leave. The elite players in Indiana and Chicago can never leave if you want them, right? They can never leave. Losing Justin Scott to Georgia would be a just that's a bad loss, man. You can't lose them can't lose them at the end of the day. So it's a pillar. It's a pillar for a lot of reasons. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
We had Jay Henry to continue the Justin Scott conversation, Sean. He said, if if Justin Scott commits and stays in the class, mm-hmm. how does Marcus Freeman view that win for Al Washington? Does he give him credit or does he still need to see more? I know we need to see more. <laughs> I, I, can't, I, more. I can't speak for Marcus Freeman, but I know we can. We, both of us need to see more. I know that for a fact. That's not enough. That's a darn good start, though. That's a darn good start to turning things around. Darn good start. And if you can feel that with some more additions in the 24 class and top that off with the development of the sophomores and the juniors in the season, hey, I'll change my tune. You'll shut my mouth. Yes. But but also, Sean, I mean, so we talked about this the other day. I... If Notre if Notre Dame lands Justin Scott, I give the I give more credit to Marcus Freeman than Al Washington. That's just me. It's just based upon everything we've heard. I mean, that's just it's the reality, know. right? I'll I'll be the I'll be the nice guy. You can I'll be the grade, nice guy. I'll I'll grade it on the curve. You go ahead. You're the teacher, so you, you're, you, you're doing you. Grade you. It on, yeah, man. You 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 throw your weights in there. You grade on the curve. You can do whatever, yeah. whatever you want. All right. 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 I do need to see more though. Like if they landed both the Smith twins, for instance, right? If they landed both the Smith twins, I know that Al Washington has been heavily involved in that recruitment. So I'll give him a good job. Good job Mm -hmm. on that one. That's fantastic. If you get another big-time defensive line recruit that Al Washington's the main recruiter for, absolutely. But the reality is is that until until Marcus Freeman had to step in on this one, man, it was trending in a bad direction for a little while. One that you have said. And I will say this on the show because it's not like you know we're not throwing shade on anybody. No, they made it. They made it harder than it had to be. Facts. They made it harder than it had to be. Facts. Who made it harder on himself, Sean? Al. Al made it harder on themselves. I mean, that's just it's point blank to it, man. It just didn't have to be this hard. But ultimately, they might recover, which is great. But don't give full credit to Al Washington. And if I'm Marcus Freeman, I'm saying Al. I'm your head coach, man. I'm here to help, obviously. Whatever you do directly you know, reflects on me. So I gave you the assist on that one. But need to see more? No doubt. No doubt you need to see more. I don't think that's unrealistic or unreasonable either. We, like both, we, we both agree yes. that there's more to be seen. Absolutely. Yes. No doubt. No doubt. I know I'm harping on too hard. I need to stop. Next question from Nick Lane who said, Mailbag, any headway with Corey Smith out of Wisconsin? Nick, I think I put something on either a – I put it on mail, my mailbag from last week. So I just – there was decent momentum early. I just don't think that that relationship is continuing to build much. I think there's a little bit of a stall for whatever reason. So I think you're seeing other running backs like Darian Dupree get added to the board. And I think Notre Dame is interested in bringing a second running back in the 2024 class to pair with Aeneas Williams. I was hoping that it may be Corey Smith. I just don't think he's incredibly likely right now. Does that mean that that won't change? It's possible, but I just don't think they have a lot of traction with Corey Smith as it currently sits. So it's kind of the latest on Corey Smith. Going to move now, Sean, to Seth Clark, who says, Mailbag. Who are your underrated defensive prospects in the 2024 recruiting class? We already told you that, sir. I don't know why I signed that one. But, Seth, I'll say this, though. Next Monday we'll be doing the offensive side of the football. Tune back to the beginning of the show if you missed our underrated conversation. 
All right, Sean, let's pull up this question from Garland Doxy, who says, is it possible Justin Scott took that tweet down because he knew schools were going to start pressing him? He isn't big on the on all, all the recruiting for the mailbag. What do you about that, Sean? That's interesting. Maybe he doesn't want to be pressed as hard. I mean, it's, eh, I haven't really thought about that, but that's a decent yeah, – I, I don't know. It doesn't even matter. Same tune I kept last week, I'm keeping this week. It's a tweet. When I saw that his tweets and his replies to the Notre Dame 24 commits were still up and continuing, that's all that mattered to me. It, it, didn't, it didn't matter one bit. I don't – he told me that he was pretty much done. Yeah. Right, and Georgia coming in wasn't about to change that. If anything, it was going to put him in a position to have to visit Georgia really fast and still make a decision because he's ready to be done. That's it. So I don't – I didn't even ask him why he took the tweet down. Mm-hmm. I didn't because I don't think it – I don't really think it changed anything. Like once right. he told me nothing had changed, that's all I needed to hear. That's all you needed to hear? That's yep. all I needed to hear. Well. All right, we uh, don't have a ton of time left, but I'm going to roll through a few of these and get knocked out as many as I can. Nick Lane asked, do we have a chance with Caleb Beasley? Nick, a chance? I mean, yeah, you have a chance. He's committed to the University of Tennessee. He's a very talented cornerback in the 2024 class. Notre Dame just came back to see him, though, this past week, Sean, and I know, or two weeks ago, I guess, at this, a week and a half ago, whatever. He had a basketball game. Marcus Freeman came down to watch him play basketball. And Caleb Beasley tweeted about it before he even ended up coming, right? So I think there's still intrigue there, man. I know they built a pretty good relationship with some of the other guys at the Irish Invasion this past year. CJ Carr was there, Jack Larson, Cam Williams. I know Caleb Beasley was kind of in that group a little bit as far as they got along really well. So, I mean, ultimately you have to beat the SEC. You have to beat the home home state school that he's committed to in Tennessee. But there's a possibility. I just, you know. We'll see how likely it is. We yeah, I think Caleb Beasley, he was at the Irish Invasion, has a very strong relationship with Marcus Freeman and his staff. That still exists. The fact that he was excited about Marcus Freeman coming to see him shows what Notre Dame means to him. And I think him committing to where he committed to was just the vibe of last season. There was a vibe. Like Tennessee was the bell of the ball for a long time. The business, they just the had biggest, one of their best seasons in one of how the best long? Seasons. Like, yeah, and you know, going to campus and he was there for the Alabama game. So I mean, that's that's enough said. You get caught up in that vibe, and like you and the guys that you know around the state say, "Man, you know what? Just we're just gonna go ahead and commit." You know, yeah. but yeah, you still talk to him because Tennessee. There's no guarantee they're gonna have a good season this year. Yep, Joe Milton's their quarterback. <laughs> and behind him is Nico. And I think Joe Milton is going to play better. I don't know if he's going to play a Hendon Hooker pre-injury level. Ah, uh, Probably not, yeah. You know, yeah. and he doesn't have Jalen anymore at wide receiver, so they don't have that big-time threat. But I'm sure they're recruiting wide receivers. But the season's going to be different. It's just going to be a different season, and we'll see. You know, yep. if they don't have such a Cinderella season and Notre Dame goes to the college football playoff, how does that change things for Caleb Beasley? You know? And if you're Notre Dame, you have to stay on Caleb Beasley because he's mm-hmm. he's still talking to you, and he's a potential elite prospect, man. He's a Absolutely. really talented football I, player. So keep that relationship building. Keep if, it. They, if they add him, 
Oh. Sean, he might be the best corner you've had in three cycles, and you've recruited that position very, very well. Like Caleb Beasley's a stud, man. If, if he ends up in Notre Dame or not, he is a stud. Very man. good football player. We had this question, Sean. I'll, I'll let you bang this one out because I, I don't honestly want to answer this. Uh, from Roderick Blackman, who says, is Notre Dame recruiting another quarterback for 2024, or is it C.J. Carr or bust? I don't know. Do you believe in the Alabama model of, of getting multiple quarterbacks in each class? I, I, I think mean, I, I think Alabama only believe in that model because the one kid might never play football. Dylan okay. Lockett, so Okay. Yeah. Well, look, if you have your quarterback, you have your quarterback. Yeah. That's it. Like just months ago, we didn't even have a quarterback in the 23 class. Right. <laughs> and we're frightened to death that it might end up that way. So, no, I think they're on to the 25 class as far as the quarterbacks, you know, whether it be a Diabell or – what, Diabell's 26, right? He's 26, yeah. Yeah, he's 26. You know, or Bryce J. Underwood and some of the other kids in that 25 class. There's a – I have to send you the film of this kid locally Mm -hmm. from 25. I want to get your thoughts on him. He – Oh, he's an Illinois kid? Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing. Brian and Malik have already seen his film. I want to. I want to meet the offensive coordinator. I'm like, I don't even want to talk to the kid. I want to meet the coordinator just based off his film. Like, yo, this kid is a sophomore. You at you asked him to do this as a sophomore. It's wild. Like all of this. Like okay, <laughs> all right. But yeah, it's. I think they're done. They're on the 25. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you for certain that they are done. <laughs> they are done. CJ Carr is their guy, and they're very happy with him, and there's no reason to take a second quarterback in the class, and they're already recruiting 2025. So like you said, Sean, they just offered Antoine Hill Jr. out of the state of Georgia. Right. He's a really talented yeah. quarterback. I mean, there's yeah, they're on the 2025 for quarterback recruiting. No doubt about it. We're going to go to Milton Fan, who said, Ryan and Sean, what mistakes do you most fans and analysts make when rating recruits and recruiting classes? I mean, for recruits, I would say. Um, I'll say this. Yeah. The biggest mistake, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is being overwhelmed by how dominant a kid looks and you're not looking at the nuances of the position they play. Sure. Yep. Just looking at the fact that kids just physically dominate, but you're not looking at their feet, their technique, some of the other things that are the nuances that are going to be the separators at the next level. Because those kids aren't going to be able to just come in and physically do what they do at the high school level or on the college level. That's probably the one thing that causes people to make mistakes. You know, they get wowed by dominance and it's like, yeah, but especially along the line. That's a good one. That's good. One. You know, you know, for me, Sean, I think a big one for me is that I I feel like people kind of people aren't consistent with how they evaluate players in the sense of like if you're a guy that really pushes towards the upside a lot of a player, that's fine, right? But be consistent with that, right? If you're a guy that pushes towards the upside of a guy, then you should be you shouldn't rank one guy that is a long way to go really high and then another that is just not your cup of tea for whatever reason down. So stay consistent, man. If you're a guy that loves the floor more than the ceiling, that's fine. But stay consistent to it. I think there's a lack of inconsistency. We were talking 
the other day. It's like the kid that's going to the the um the big wide receiver that is going to Nebraska that's an in-state kid, Malachi Coleman. All right. They have him ranked super high, most outlets, but then a lot don't have Braylon James ranked really high. And I'm like, if you love the upside of Malachi Coleman, why do you not love the upside of Braylon James? Like that's inconsistency. Why is that inconsistent? So I think that honestly, that's the biggest thing for me is that there are biases that everybody has when they evaluate players. And we have to be aware of our biases to be the best possible evaluators that we can be. But for me, like that's the biggest inconsistency I see is that people lose sight of what they like and stick to it. They kind of trend too far to the right or too far to the left. So I think just being consistent is the biggest thing for me. All right. Uh, we're going to end this one here, Sean, because we got to get rocking and rolling here. This last one from Zach Martin said, if Notre Dame landed Smith Smith, that's Jacob Smith and Jared Smith, Smith twins, Justin Scott, Bryce Young, and a Viper, who would be your last reasonable piece for Viper for one? And how would you grade that class? So most likely guy for Viper, Sean, I guess is a good way to start. Who would you be your ideal Viper in the class? From what's left over? Oh, man. The f- first guy that popped into my head, and I know he's not technically a Viper on the board, but Darius Hayes would be my Viper, right? The, okay. Out of Marco in Florida. You know, yeah. Yeah. That would be him. I could, ag- I could agree. I could agree with that. I could agree with that. I think that would be the one that makes the most sense based upon, yeah. Yeah, he's just too athletic, too good, and you can use him in that position. So, yeah. Well, Sean, to, to finish this up then, let me ask you. if So if I told you that you have Jacob Jer- Jacob and Jared Smith, mm-hmm. you have Justin Scott, you have Bryce Young, and you have an Adarius Hayes as your five-man defensive line class, let's say, what would you grade that out as? I would give it B plus, A minus. If you throw in the IMG kid, I would give you an A. <laughs> you want the you want the IMG kid? I would yeah. say I, I, I would probably give that whole an A minus. Honestly, actually, yeah, no, I would give that I would give that an A. I really would, man, because Darius Hayes is a top fifty kid. You had the Smith twins who oh, are that's my fault. Yeah. I forgot to add him in my thinking. I'm sorry. You're right. Okay, A, and then I can get greedy and still add the IMG kid. Love it. Love it. I think we're on the same page there. It would be a really good defensive line class for what it is. Mm-hmm. That's going to conclude the mailbag section of the Irish Breakdown podcast. want to thank everybody for taking some time with us today. Before you leave, if you could hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell, share this podcast. Five-star reviews on your favorite podcast platform are very much appreciated. Like this video. Please go like it right now. Helps with the algorithm and everything. Go sign up at boards.irishbreakdown.com. So from Ryan, that is Sean. Thank you so much for joining the Irish Breakdown Podcast. This is the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour.